am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This, believe it or not, is the final word. World Cup Daily, day 45. One day to go. It's nearly the end. We're at Lords. I'm Jeff Lemon. Adam Collins is here. This is a podcast. It's brought to you by Seabus. They're a super industry fund. They have a website at seabussuper.com.au. Everything is happening. It's it's nearly over, and yet it's only just begun. Adam, we've been running around all day today talking to various people about their World Cups for the longer weekly podcast, which we're going to put out on Monday or Tuesday, maybe something like that. We don't have a game to do a 30-second summary of today, so can you do 30 seconds of everyone we've spoken to today off the top of your head? I'm going to give it a red-hot go. We spoke to Stu Forster from Getty about taking photos, Vatishna Hantaraja from Crickbuzz about writing beautiful words, about Jeremy Coney, to Jeremy Coney rather, about New Zealand, Brian Waddle likewise, the two voices of New Zealand cricket. I'm padding because I forget who else we spoke to. Steve Elworthy, the MD of the World Cup. Lawrence Booth, editor of Wisdom. Ali Martin, the Guardian's cricket writer. Mel Farrell from ESPN Crick Info, I must be pretty close. I think that's it. You've got them all? I've got them all. You've ticked off my list. Well, I've done very well then, haven't yeah. I? You know. It's a good it's a, it's a good idea that, that that we've had there. It could be accused of us that we're we're going end of a end of a TV show when you just get a whole bunch of clips and bung them together, but it actually took quite a lot of work in the end and I'm glad we've got so many differing perspectives on what was good and bad about the World Cup, and what's good and bad about the final we have ahead of us tomorrow and I think that we've ended up putting together a show which people in, will enjoy quite a bit a day or two after the World Cup. Yeah, the, un- the only one you didn't mention is the one we haven't done yet, which is Barat Sundarason, who exactly. we're going to do later. So there'll be 10 people all told in that show. That's quite a good effort. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, we've got at least today and tomorrow in terms of the daily show. we'd so. had one more. It could have been an 11. Oh, the oh, cricketing themes oh. that we could have induced. We're, we're probably going to do, do our 11, I yeah, think, I later say, in the we, show. We are gonna, you, you might take the you-know-what out of that proposition but we're going to give the final word 11 in a sec but first of all we're going to talk about the what's going on at lords today so it's preview day it's been a lovely day we've been looking at the pitch it's now covered up under the hovercraft and and so forth but earlier on it looked very green and very hard i was out there with damien fleming and and he came to the same conclusion that we won't need a spinner tomorrow well sorry they won't need two spinners tomorrow they'll they'll both play um their frontliner mitchell Sartner for new zealand and adil rashid for england but moen ali and and ish sodi will be ruled out on the basis that it does have plenty of grass on it and it's very hard and it'll lend itself to Hopefully, some exciting fast bowling. Fingers crossed. We haven't seen any sign of England today. We've seen lots of New Zealand. The Kiwis have been traipsing all over the place, doing their training, clomping that's around in their England spikes. because England were here for the three hours before you got here, I think. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I, I don't start my days early unless I have to. And, I've um, heard that. And, uh, you know, England, well, you've got to get up pretty early in the morning to uh, be completely missing when I arrive at Lords, and that's what they did. They did. They trained for a couple of hours, and then Owen Morgan addressed the media. That was really interesting. I, I liked his tone today, whereas Owen, as we've reflected on through the tournament, has been chippy. It's been his standard mode, I think, is chippy. Mm. It's, got, it's gone from chippy to angry. Nachos Morgan, they've called yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Today, he was in good spirits, smiling a lot. He shared a lovely hug with... 
Brendan McCullum at the back uh, in the gardens behind the pavilion here, which Mel Farrell captured uh, and put on Twitter. And I liked that because he was happy to discuss four years ago when England were bundled out in the space of 28 days, I think it was. So goes the Peter Miller, Dave Tickner book. They saw New Zealand as the side from 2015 that they could rebuild around in that model. And it's worked really nicely. Mm. The... Contrast is that in 13-14 when Australia towed them up 5-0 in the Ashes, they went around in 2014 and tried to be Australia and they realised they weren't very good at it. They were, it, was a, it was a charade. They were living a lie. So they saw a far more um, like-for-like team in New Zealand who they could, um, they could not ape or mimic but, but follow the example of and, and play the game in that spirit and it's obviously served them pretty well given that they're playing off in the World Cup final tomorrow against New Zealand. Not Brendan McCullum's New Zealand but New Zealand all the same who... Equally, are in, are in pretty good nick too. And those two, yeah, they played that series in in later in 2015, was it that summer when they suddenly started That's making right. the really big scores, the the 370s and whatnot, and just having a lot of fun. And they played a couple of cracking test matches That's as well. Right. And yeah, the, the test match at Headingley, and the one here, the one here was one of the, the best test matches of the last 20 years, uh, where Ben Stokes makes a wonderful hundred, and it's all resolved uh, on the final afternoon after tea, which is what you always want in a test match. And that's the last time that Brendan McCullum played in England. So, yeah, there's a lot of nice sort of themes that, that marry nicely up to each other ahead of the final tomorrow. And, and one of those is that it probably won't be like 2015, Jeff. I mean, we remember being, we were both at the MCG that day and it was a very hostile environment. Uh, and that's what that's how Australia wanted it. We recall Brad Haddon saying at the time that it was all too nice playing against New Zealand in Auckland earlier in that tournament. And he didn't want any of that. He wanted it to be the, the exact opposite in the final. And that's the that's the environment they created. But yeah, it's not going to be, even though it might be quick and fast and hostile tomorrow with the ball from the various fast bowlers, that it won't have that other part to it, I don't think. Well, I, I think Brad Haddon also gave that interview on probably breakfast radio after not having been to bed, so you can you probably take it with a, a little bit of salt. Yeah, it could be a bit of mayonnaise on there, but well, we did hear through the effect the effects mark that day that they were keen to make life yeah make it uh, a, a not a nice place to be playing against Australia. Anyway, that's four years ago, but that, that's that's the, the thrust of what Morgan had to say. Um, he understands that they have a massive opportunity on terrestrial television tomorrow, which wasn't lost upon New Zealand either. I should add there broadcast is going to be on free-to-air tv at home this talk we heard from the the coach gary stead yesterday and to an extent um Cam Williamson alluded to this as well, that people will be watching all night at home and they can get to work later. There's talk of a, of a public holiday if they win. I'm not sure if that's just you know Twitter talk or serious chat. But um, yeah, it feels as though as much as the England public are getting behind tomorrow, so are the New Zealand public and it mm. could be the greatest day in, in New Zealand cricket history. In fact, it absolutely would be if they get over the line. I, I wish I were there, to be honest, to the, the, the atmosphere in New Zealand. I, I was there in 2011 when they won the Rugby World Cup and mm. it was an amazing country to be in when... They, they were all so invested. Obviously, cricket's not quite as big over there, but still, they'll they'll be pretty much on board, I would think. Yeah, there's a lovely documentary called uh, Meanwhile in Sunderland, I think it's called. It's a 25-minute thing. It's on YouTube about the 1973 FA Cup final when Sunderland won, and it's just a camera crew who stayed in Sunderland while the team and the support were down in London at Wembley and sort of seeing how um, long-suffering fans to respond to such a, an amazing achievement on the football field. And I feel kind of the same way about New Zealand tomorrow, what you're saying, that um, documenting the lived experience of a New Zealand supporter on a night like that would, would be really cool. So I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of camera crews around, but we'll be here at headquarters watching them play. On a night like this, as Kylie Minogue might have said, <laughs> I, I only just remembered it that I wrote an entire match report during this um, tournament around the... Co- framed around... Kylie 
Kylie Minogue's I Can't Get You Out of My Head um, <laughs> around the Amy Jones-Elise Perry matchup. So that, um, that has happened and I just remembered it had happened and I'm pretty pleased about it. I'm glad that we've got Kylie Minogue into the podcast nice and early. So anyway, that's what's going on at Lords. But given it's the penultimate night of the tournament, we, we've got other matters to attend to. We do. One of them is the Hall of Fame. The voting for the final nine is up now. It's on finalwordcricket.com. So go there. You'll find the Hall of Fame link and you can see who the last nine are. And then there are, there are it's, it's the quiny nine as I'm thinking of it now. <laughs> that's um, better. It's probably better than the nulli nine. It, it's, more, it's more final word adjacent. Yeah, I saw um, Nick Tuvey who uh, qualified as our captain's pick yesterday. Um, tweet this morning that he's got vision of me singing Celine Dion in the front of a cab which he will release if he doesn't make his way through to the final three so I guess there's incentive to either vote to keep that off the internet or to uh, vote against him to ensure that that reveals itself other way. He also flipped it to say he'd offer it as an incentive to anyone who voted for him he'd send them that footage so so we shall see but yeah there'll, there'll be a whittling down to a final podium um, a couple of expected ones are doing well but you know you never know Dimith Kroonerat is in there about four times out of nine I'm, I'm pretty sure so I'm very podium. pleased very pleased with that um, but so check out the website for that or on my Twitter feed punch Jeff Lemon into Twitter I'm sure you'll find it we're going to do our team of the tournament but let's do that in part two we'll be back in just a second Jeff how about this we've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge but it's sent through by our great mates Seabus Super really tell me what we've got 9.29 okay so that would have to be 9 for 29 which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for it's very good for him you're spot on but 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six years. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider a CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. This is the final word, World Cup Daily, day 45, one day to go. And now thank you so much to everyone who's been on this journey with us from day one all the way through. We've loved the support and the messages and the encouragement to say, don't lose your minds, keep going, keep it together. And that's what we've done. We've talked about a lot of players there. Everyone's doing their team of the tournament. They're doing it boringly, conventionally, based on who was the best player or what's going to get them the most number of retweets for putting Virat Kohli in it at number three, even though Shakib Al-Hassan absolutely destroyed him on the batting <laughs> front. So interesting in, in those particular ways. But we're going to do our 11 on who have we talked about the most on the final word and, and who who is the final word team of the tournament, mm, Adam? Which means that if we're going to do an opener to start off, then there can be no one other than Dimit Kurunaratna, who his storyline through the competition we absolutely loved, whether it was being in the team to begin with, captaining the Sri Lankan side, uh, their various ups and downs administratively, uh, the famous pool, which we've talked about 
time and time again. Which features twice in the final nine. Thank you you to our listeners for voting the right way. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm very happy for him to be the one taking the first ball. Dimuth Karuna Ratner will be facing up. And and who better to partner him at the top of the order than a man who didn't start the tournament at the top of the order, started at number eight, I think, and then decided, no, he was the one, popped himself at the top of the order, captaining Afghanistan, Gulbuddin Naib. Gulbuddin Naib, who, when we first spoke to him at the start of the competition, yeah, as you say, he was probably their sixth bowler and their eighth batsman at different points in the tournament. He opened the bowling and opened the batting like junior cricket. Outstanding. No questions there. He's he's up the top as well. At number three, couldn't be anyone else, Shakib Al-Hassan. His lowest score in the tournament was 41. He made at least 50 on every other occasion he batted. He made 200s and he was involved in the longest handshake of the entire tournament yes. when he was man of the match. There's a couple of reasons I want him in here. One is the handshake. Vote early, vote often. Get on that poll and vote now. That has to be in the final three. But also, it's trailing. It's third in its group of three. Oh, it doesn't sorry. work sometimes. Sorry. Uh, but secondly, because off air, he's a man we spoke about more than anyone else because we spent the whole tournament trying to get him on the final word, long version of the show and we were badly let down to be honest with you so we will get Shakib at some point but um, he's he's occupied so much of our attention that he must come in at first drop he, he has we worked hard it, it didn't happen but we might have a test series there next year if Cricket Australia do the right thing so don't pull out of that we, for yeah. sure there is absolutely nothing surer in world cricket than Australia finding a reason not to go to Bangladesh uh, but watch this space everybody hurt their ankles we've all got oh, sore no, ankles we can't, we can't go. go it's going to be a pay dispute whatever it is whatever it takes uh, at number four I don't think there could be anyone else for this spot. 667 runs in the 2003 World Cup. Sachin Tendulkar. You don't want to leave him out of the side because otherwise you get roasted on Twitter by yeah. a bunch of angry nationalists. Yeah, as we said to Lawrence Booth, the Wisdom Almanac editor, um, this year when the book was released, that if he had it his way, it'd be a lot easier if Sachin Tendulkar was a Wisdom cricketer every year. And we're going to adopt the same principle. <laughs> and, and, he, and he outdoes Coley, who the easy thing to do would be to put Coley in at number four, um, who didn't have a terrible tournament didn't make a hundred but um made 550s in a row played played well yeah no question about that but we're going to leave him out and we're going to put in such and i like that yep um well you know he's still looking in pretty good shape and he was in the commentary box from time to time as well had so. the gold chain going on too yeah. quite like that yeah it's, uh, it was an ugly duckling song wasn't it gold chain <laughs> early early 2000s backpacker rap i'll have to take your word for Here it we go. at number five well we couldn't put anyone else at number five could we we know it didn't go so well We know it didn't always work out. We know everything was potential and not much of it was realised. Everything was nascent and not much of it actually flowered. But give him one more chance. Glenn Maxwell, just give him one more chance. He'll he'll come good. We swear. We promise. He'll come good. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. (laughs) To show you that I love you. (laughs) Won't you please please get me me back in your team? Oh, (laughs) yeah. He's our one night stand if we want to go the hot chip version of, uh, of that gag. It just, it just, look, it didn't work out. I it know didn't. people keep asking us how we're feeling. We're feeling like you play a high-risk game. It's not going to work for you all the time. But, yeah. God, I wish it had. He made 22 in the final game that Australia played the semi-final with a six, a massive six over long on, I think it was, yeah. which it felt appropriate that he made his average in that last game and that he hit a big six and then got himself out to a lovely bit of bowling, which people seem to be forgetting back home. But it doesn't. As you say, it doesn't mean that he had a, a great tournament. He, he didn't, but he's still in our side. He's still in our hearts. Uh, in our side, in our hearts, uh, in our feeds. Go and listen to the interview with him from early in the tournament if you, if you want to scroll back in the feed. At number six, well, I didn't think there was any argument about this. This man had never batted in a list A game, that is to say in a professional 50-over match over the course of about 15 years at the top-level mm. cricket. 
never batted at number six in a 50-over game until Australia's game plan saw Usman Khawaja walk in at six versus Pakistan with about, what, seven overs to go, looking to smash late runs. Yeah, what better time to land on the job than three games into a World Cup? He was uh, shuffled down the list against someone else as well. I can't remember anymore. It feels like a long time ago. But yes, Usman Khawaja's dance up and down the batting list. It's important that we that we note that and have him in the side. Number six is the perfect spot for it. At seven, the wicketkeeper, a lot of contenders for this. Obviously, Joss Butler, we interviewed for the show. Strong, mm. strong chance. Strong credentials there. Um, Safraz Ahmed, he was never short of a never short of a, a, a silly moment on the field, which made us laugh. So a he, couple of Hall of Fame entries for indeed, Safraz. Indeed. Um, Alex Carey, I enjoyed watching almost more than anybody else during the tournament. The, yeah. way, the way he blossomed, the way he went from strength to strength. Almost every game that he played, they were in some kind of difficult situation. And then he managed to get them out of it somehow. He did the right thing. When he had to come in with two overs to go and make 11 or four balls, he'd do that. When he had to come in in the 22nd over and make 48 not out to, to get them to some sort of credible total, he'd do that too. What was the tweet you read out the other day about Kerry? That, uh, that, uh, We've been waiting 15 years to see Archer plant one on Kerry. Plant one on the chin of Kerry. Plant one on the chin think, of Kerry. I quite when like when Joffre nailed him in the jaw. Brilliant. Uh, that's another very niche Melbourne gag, which has been a feature of the final word daily throughout, and will continue to be so. But I think if we're going to look at wicket keepers, we need to um, bring our attention back to the Afghanistan side. So Mohammad Shazad was the incumbent and was there at the start, but he didn't last too long. He was sent back because... He's too fat to be an astronaut, as uh, Prince Philip once said. Too fat for Tahiti, as, 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 Tahiti. as, uh, as Skulker. I've been corrected by Andrew Donison with the early <laughs> 2000s Australian indies, indie band whose album was Too Fat for Tahiti. Um, I think it was Jared Kimber who made this observation that Shazad, would, you know, the, the Af- Afghanistan Cricket Board decided he was too fat in 2015. He wasn't a professional athlete standard. Then he played for the four years in the interim. Then he got picked for this World Cup. And then their excuse when they sent him home was that oh, he, he wasn't fit enough and he's too fat again. How is he suddenly too fat during World Cups and not too fat in the intervening period? He's, he's shame. Who cares? Who cares what size he is? He hits the ball a mile over deep mid wicket every single time. He plays a helicopter better than Donny ever did, um, and he's a marvel. I don't care what he looks like. And they brought well. They did bring a keeper out to replace him, who we enjoyed as well though Jeff I don't know whether he was player of the day possibly we did make him our player of the day in Afghanistan no he, he was game. the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame Ikram Ali Kill who Ikram uh, Ali Kill crush destroy who, who made a wonderful 86 and then tripped over the boundary rope as he walked off the field ah, that's right. so he was Hall of Fame for that so I think we're going to have Shazad to start the tournament um, and then be pulled out two games in and then and then Ikram Ali Kill will come in after that that's um, nice that's to, nice that feels right Number eight, Adam, who's number eight? Uh, well, we had Jimmy Neesham on the show. How could we not have Jimmy Neesham in our 11? Uh, brilliant work on the field, equally brilliant off the field, as always is the case with Jimmy. I had a chance to catch up with him again yesterday, and he's still in great spirits ahead of the Lord's final. Uh, a, fi- a final word, fave. Uh, the Took five for against Afghanistan, brilliant. made important runs, took one of the best catches of the tournament. Also bowled the death over to Carlos Brathwaite, which meant that New Zealand made through to the semis. We can easily sort of forget that if they drop that game to the West Indies, yep. they drop three games in the tournament that would have made it four had they lost to the West Indies and it was caught out here or sorry I'm pointing out here Lords like out towards the out towards the um, the Gubby Allen stand like we're like we're at Manchester but it was Mm. um, in front of the Eastern stand there wasn't it that Trent Bolt hauled in that incredible snaffle off the bowling of James Nation and then and then what we saw again back at Manchester to you know uh, off Dinesh Kartik which was one of the great catches so 
And mostly because he spoke to us, though, isn't it? Because he's very funny. He's very funny on the internet. I like to say yeah. to people, I'm uh, Jimmy Neesham's bowling versus Afghanistan in the streets, Jimmy Neesham's Twitter account in the sheets. Yeah, you know? there we go. You're in number eight, Jimmy. Uh, number nine could be none other than his teammate, Lockie Ferguson. Got the mo, got the wheels, got the got the kit, got everything. Yeah, I, I, I share all of that. We've enjoyed his uh, breakout, his rise to prominence. We've enjoyed, I, I, again, I interviewed him yesterday on their media day uh, and um, spoke to him about his amazing girlfriend's dance moves. She's been brilliant wearing the the uh, the Lockie Ferguson jumper. So, obviously, he's issued with a jumper, New Zealand 87, whatever his number is, and she's worn it to every game and, and constantly on the television coverage. So, the two of them together, Cat Hook and Lockie Ferguson, they come in at number nine. They come in at number nine together, sharing kit, as, as it should be. Um, number Number 10, this one's tough. You know it's a fast bowler. And we were thinking, like, who have we gushed about most on the final word? And it's hard to separate. Obviously, Mitchell Stark, crazy tournament, more wickets than anyone's taken in a World Cup, bowled devastating spells, took two fivers, bowled the ball of the tournament to Ben Stokes. Jasper Boomer, we've we've gushed every single time he's bowled. Best the, in the world. The way he goes at the top, the way he goes through the middle, the way he goes at the end. He's all three bowlers at once. He's, he's everything. He's everything to me. Yeah, he does all of them better than 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 everybody else. He basically. completes me. And then Jofra Archer, the the menace, the quiet aggression, the the way he's he's so gentle and softly spoken in person, and then just terrifying on the pitch. The the things that he's done. Through I was going to say then just terrifying on the pitch, and like it probably no. is as well. <laughs> he may be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to pick between the three of them, though. Like, uh, Vidush and Hancharaja, our colleague, uh, we, we've mentioned quite a few times, he's, he's written a great piece about Jofra Archer's Twitter presence. Not just his 40,000-plus tweets, but the way he's done it along the way, which has lent itself to a lot of excellent writing in the last four or five days. I think that probably just gets him over the top, that he's got this sort of very modern online presence that beyond yep. what he does on the field means that he's such an engaging, captivating character. To think he's only played international cricket for like nine weeks, yeah. crazy. He played a couple of games before this World Cup and he's one of the players of the tournament. Um, Dave Tickner wrote a, a match report of the semi-final that was entirely composed of old Joffre Archer tweets. He's got a tweet for every occasion, so <laughs> they were all from 2013 or 14. So we've got two players has picked on their tweets in this 11 Sh- shows how shows where our focus is and uh, and to round it out at number 11 we need a spinner obviously in the side and Has to uh, be the old boy, and as someone it? who can't bat <laughs> it's got to be down the list who is yeah, it yeah well Imran's are here i mean the way he started the tournament that that delivery to Johnny Bairstow in the first over second ball of the tournament second ball of the tournament he ran up and celebrated right in front of where um, I was sitting in the outside press box at the Oval at the time the way he replicated that celebration uh, at every opportunity I know it's not a new thing but it was a beautiful thing uh, at, was it at here at Lords possibly against South Africa when he just ran in the against opposite direction of his, against Pakistan oh, rather right. Christ it's been a long long six <laughs> weeks when he when he just ran in the opposite direction of his teammates to celebrate so he get all the shots on camera everything about it yeah. um, means that uh, we, we, we have to have him in and especially in that last game against Australia when they were out they were gone they'd been waiting around eight days to play that game and still when he picked up the early wicket he ran all the way to long on and he was so pumped and so delighted and it set that tone for South Africa to go on and win that game and yeah. have a, a little joy in their hearts and yeah. beating Australia once again yeah play your cricket like Imran here. if everyone did the world would be a better place yep the the the, the joy in one man so that's our 11 Karuna Ratna Gulbuddin Naib Shakib Sachin Dendulkar Glenn Maxwell Usman Khawaja uh, Mohamed Shazad Jimmy Neesham, Lockie Ferguson, Jofra Archer, Imran Tahir. I think it's a good list that could take on anyone in this comp. And, of course, the skipper, Karuna Ratna. Karuna Ratna's the skipper. And, and, and the vice-captain, Gulbadeen Naib. 
yeah, so that he can't make any bowling decisions. But but you need his leadership out there. You know the the the, the club cricket captain who who would be king. But now he's not. Rashid Khan's now the captain. So Gulbadeen. They've already sacked. They've him. already. I didn't see that. That's okay, brilliant. that happened yesterday. So so. <laughs> Asghar Afghan was the captain up until about a week before the World Cup. Kulbadeen's popped in for nine games, and now he's gone. The only nine games he'll captain in his career. There's going to be a great 10,000-word uh, meditation on the captaincy of Kulbadeen, though, Britain, one day, and I can't wait till one of us writes it. I look forward to it. Uh, that's enough from us. This is the final word. World Cup daily. Day, I was going to say 55. It's not. It's 45. Uh, look out for the longer weekly show in your feed. If you want to throw a dollar in the tin, go to patreon.com slash the final word. And if you want to vote, go to finalwordcricket.com for the Hall of Fame votes. They'll close tomorrow. And we'll talk to you on the final show of the Gosh. final word tomorrow. we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.